want to open our Bibles, the book of James. If you've been with us, there's no doubt that's where we're at. We continue on in our series. And hopefully we recognize that we continue on in our worship. For God doesn't just want what comes out of our lips to give him praise, but what comes out of our life. Today, this deals with our life, most definitely, and how we live it. Praise for him. So, uh, James chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Father, as we open up your word, we open up our hearts that you would speak. Holy Spirit, fall upon us. Help me to speak your words, but Lord, I thank you as always. There are things that you want to say to us today that will go beyond anything that I will say. And that you can break through. Allow your word, Jesus, to pierce through. And to point out uh, not just ways that we are somehow far away from you, but ways that we can be drawn closer to you, nearer yet still. Move in us in such a way that when we leave this place, we are moving in a different way with you than when we came in. In your name we pray. Amen. Title, are we planning ahead? Is something that we talked about last week. Is should we plan ahead in light of verses 13 and verse 13 of James 4? Listen, you say today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, care on business, make money, we'll just kind of do in life what we're going to do. And, and, and there's that sense of, uh, well, that sounds okay, but obviously it's not. You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. So is it okay to plan ahead? And we recognize that yes. Even in spite of the uncertainty in life that we talked about last year, the, last week, the answer is yes, but with one condition. And the one condition is verse 15. In verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this and that. If it's the Lord's will. Now, we should probably make a statement here. This is not about some special kind of magic religious phrase we say you know well i'm going to do this tomorrow see you tomorrow if it's the lord's will and if i really want to be spiritual i'll see you next sunday if it's the lord's will and the creek don't rise you know now this is not about some phrase we use and put in there in fact, it is something so much more than that, so much more serious and so much more that it requires of us. That if it is the Lord's will, then I will do this or that. 
except for one problem in all of this. Many of us are like, but how do I know if it's the Lord's will? I'm not sure. You know, we want to press forward with God's will, but how do I know the next day, let alone the next year? In fact, just a show of hands, how many have had trouble at some point in your life figuring out what God's will is? Just not sure. Okay. We pretty much got everybody again, just like in the first service. All of us would say that. In fact, some of us say, I don't know that I've ever gotten it. But that's not the way God wants it. He does not want to hide his will from us. He wants to make it clear. Otherwise, why would he say, here's what you do. Don't do it this way. Don't just say you're going to go do this unless, unless it's the Lord's will. And he wouldn't say, you can say it's the Lord's will, then we'll do this and that, if it wasn't possible to say that. It is possible. It is possible to know his will. It is possible to do his will. That is the good news for us today. In a sense, we can know God's will for our life. And how there might be a few that will be like, well, that's good, but I don't know that it's really that important. I mean, that's kind of one of those things you throw in there, you know, knowing God's will. Yeah, I... No, even Jesus says, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. It's important whether you're doing God's will or not. It is of ultimate importance. So how do we know what God's will is? Today, we're going to look at two different ways to help us find God's will for our life. Two different ways that we can put this passage into practice. The first thing that we look at is that we can find God's will through God's wisdom. Find God's will through God's wisdom. <clears throat> when we think about our work, our career, our family, and all those things, uh, what we're going to do, it can be like in verse 13. You know, it says, listen, today, tomorrow, we're going to go to this city and spend a year there, carry on business and make money. I mean, it just kind of, I, I just picture, you know, this is exciting. This is what we're going to do. Hey, I can't wait. We're going to go here. We're going to do that. We're going to make some money. It's, this, it's good stuff. Uh, it all sounds exciting and maybe that's the way sometimes with things going on in our life uh, our schooling uh, maybe it's not just schooling and family whether we're going to have one or married or all that maybe it's just about vacation or other things that are going on how do we know that those are the things we're excited about but how do we know they're verse 13 kind of doing our own thing or verse 15 on god's will Especially when we just kind of figure things out naturally on our own. God's given us a brain. I mean, it's not like verse 13 is about careless planning. It's like, you know what? Hey, Roberta, how about today we just head down to this city and we'll just go there for a while. You know, I just had a feeling. No, you know, this is not what it's talking about. It's something that's thought through. There's plans that were made here. The problems were... It was not plans made in God's will. Through God's wisdom. Yes, it was careful. It wasn't some careless fly-by-night thing, but it was a fly-by-God and not even ask Him about it. We get ourselves into trouble. When we don't know what to do, then we ask God. When we're facing some big thing in life that, oh, there's some consequences to this. I suppose I should ask God what he wants. 
No. We forget as Christians, all, it's all God's things. Not just in the big things, not just in the things we don't know what to do, but in everything. And so that's why in verse 15, instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will do this. This is what the Lord's will is, what he wants. It's not just that somebody, so many times we've, we have made our religious lives into these little boxes and this is what we do with God and then here's what we do with the rest of our life. No, God is the box over it all. And so therefore, we're not just talking about spiritual things. Verse 13, what I read, what's spiritual about, you know, at least in the way we think about it, Today or tomorrow, we're going to go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Nothing spiritual about that, but there is something that we need to be praying about. There is something we need to be doing that that kind of thing in God's will. We don't wait until they're just the spiritual things. It's all things. Unfortunately, most of us don't turn to God about those things. Not because we're being rebellious. It's just... We got it. We, we don't even think about it, except in the hard cases. We just figure we've, we've got it, and we don't even think about what is God's will in the majority of things that we're involved in. Today, when you leave this place, will you be turning to what God's will is for you and the rest of this day? Or does that not even come into mind? It's not even something that we even think about or pray or Follow God's direction, let alone follow His directions. Sometimes, it, well, it just that seems like the right thing to do. You know, if we do this, I got this. It's a good thing. There's nothing selfish about. There's God's not. There's nothing God's against what I'm going to do today. It's not like it's there's anything wrong with it. We live our life never doing anything wrong. But do we do right? Do we do God's will with each step? Walking with Him? Oh, sure. You know, I, I said a prayer. You know, you know, I, 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 like God, I'm going to do this. Uh, uh, so I, I pray that you'd help it go well, God. God, bless my plans that I've already made without really consulting you or your wisdom. Now, we probably don't actually say that literal words, but that not that kind of what we are saying so many times? We do pray, but we're not really submitting to his will. We're not looking for his will. We're just like, God, hey, I got a plan. I want you to bless that. But our life is not our own including what we do today and tomorrow, let alone what we do a year from now or beyond. Somehow we think we can gain direction from God for what we're about to do, but we, we're walking in our own wisdom so many times until we get stuck in a corner, until things go badly or not the way we, we just don't know what to do, and then... We turn to God. We should want to turn to God every step 
of our life. And I'm not saying that everything that we do, we need to have fasted and prayed for weeks about, okay? This is not about about that, but are we relying on our wisdom to go our way, or are we relying on God's wisdom to go His way today and tomorrow and on? But somebody says, but, but, but how, how can... I don't understand how I can do God's will and then do all the other things that I got to do in life. I mean, that's just, it's just not realistic. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's a good thing to say to God. Um, I, I, I don't see how I can do, listen, God does not want us to add his things to our list of things to do today. God wants us to take his list, period. We're not concerned about time. Listen, God has a list for us, so to speak. And we should be living by that, not by ours. But, 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 but there are things I have to do. I mean, Pastor, there are certain things daily in life that just have to be done. And that's a, remember, God's will is not just spiritual. We say, you know, there's things that have to do. Like God doesn't know about the things that have to be done, that really should be done in our life each day. That's all a part of his will. At least those things that are a part of his will. Because God's not just about the spiritual things. He's He's the Lord of our whole life over everything. And we can trust his wisdom to accomplish his will in all that is needed. The problem is sometimes we feel this time crunch like we can't do it all because our priorities are not in line with God's priorities. And we're not trusting God to take care of certain things in our life. And so we feel the pressure. We're using our own wisdom and and it just makes life harder than it needs to be. More difficult instead of listening to Jesus who says, in Matthew chapter 11 here, verse 29 and 30, Take my yoke upon you and le- learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of us have heard that verse before? And how many of us have said, <laughs> or maybe there's other things like, ah, I can say that. I mean, I, I know what that says. Not always experiencing that. Don't always get it. But let's face it, the heaviness that we feel about life and how hard it is, it's not because it's hard work. It's because it works hard on us. We're allowing it to be hard. We're allowing it to be heavy instead of allowing him to carry that. We're not grabbing a hold of this is God's will. What you see on that screen, what you see in his word in Matthew 11 is God's will for you. Not just sometime, but all the time. For me. So that means something's got to change. Instead of just saying, well, there's nothing I can do about it, or that's just the way life is. This is his promise. This is his will. Are we walking in that? We can end up worrying about so many different things. If we would just focus on what God wants, it would get better for example jesus says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness all these things will be given unto you as well 
It's in the midst of the passage of talking about the birds of the air having food and flowers of the field having clothes and all the basics, all the needs, the things that you need, the things I need to do today, the things I need, God says he will take care of if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. As we seek out his best, he takes care of the rest. Including the fact that God does not give us a task without giving us the time. God does not give us work without giving us the strength to do it. Whatever and whoever he calls us to do, he will enable and equip us to do it. Including giving us the wisdom we need to bring that about. I think so often we can miss out on getting to God's will by relying on unreliable human even religious wisdom that we hear from other Christians or that we hear this is the way we want to do it instead of recognizing that God through his Holy Spirit wants to give us supernatural wisdom that he has promised to give us. But for some reason we think that's only going to happen when we got nowhere else to turn or when things are really bad. No, every moment of the day. God has wisdom, supernatural, not just trying to figure it out on our own. Like, like those who just say, it just makes common sense. You know, God's given me a brain. It just, it's common sense. It's just logic. I mean, who's going to disagree with me that this is what we should do? It just makes sense in our minds. Unfortunately, we forget that our thoughts are not his thoughts and his thoughts are not ours. We forget directions that he's given to us, like in Proverbs chapter 3, here in verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on what makes sense to you, what is just logical, on what you've just experienced and how you have done it before. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. There are a lot of things that the people of God throughout his word have had to done by faith that did not make sense. Like rushing into the river Jordan. While it was rushing itself across and it wasn't going to water wasn't going to stop until they put their feet in there. And then once it did stop, they got to cross it. Into the land of giants. Woohoo! Makes sense. Uh, not really. Think about other things. Uh, listen, listen I'm, I'm not saying that just because it's a crazy idea, it comes from God. Okay? Not every crazy idea comes from God, so to speak. But we got this common sense approach. Imagine going up to Noah with this common sense, just makes sense approach. It's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights, Noah. First of all, what's rain? I, 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 I don't even know what you're talking about. Second, you got this boat in the middle of a field, not anywhere near water. What are you thinking? What I'm thinking is, this is what God said to do. I am doing God's will with His wisdom and the way He said to go about doing it. Using His wisdom, not just doing His will by building a boat down by the river. I'm doing it with the wisdom that He's given. 
there's so many things that don't necessarily make sense in our minds. Like when Jesus said, whoever wants to save his life, their life will lose it. Whoever wants to lose their life for me will find it. I mean, that whole thing. We, we want, though, and, and we're even taught many times uh, easy Christian formulas to figure out God's will. And three easy steps. And if you really pray about it, it can be two. I, I don't know how that works, but, you know, for example, whether there's an open or a closed door, decide whether it's God's will on whether the door is open or whether the door is closed. There are plenty of examples where, like in the missionary journeys of Paul, God opened doors and closed doors. But there are also examples in scriptures where it was Satan closing a door for a while. There are also examples where doors were open, but they were open for everybody. It wasn't like, oh, this must be my will. The door is like always open, 99% of the time. So how are we doing this? And who's to say that that door is not closed so that we might be persistent in prayer and continuing to knock and seek God and his will? And surrendering to that until he tells us with no uncertainty, no. How many of us, and we're seeking God's will, are really about seeking peace? Uh, I want you to think about this for a moment with me. Sometimes I think we're not looking for God's will. We're just looking for what will bring us and make us feel peaceful. Because that's what we've decided is God's will. I have a peace about it. Do you think Moses had a piece about God saying, I want you to go back to Egypt where they, you know, you kill that guy and they're looking to, you know, I want you to go back and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Yeah, I got a piece about that. Uh, we already know Moses didn't have a piece about that. How about other things? David having a peace with Goliath. Or how about Esther having to go into the king and petition for her people? Think she had a peace about that? They all had confidence. Eventually had to have confidence in God. This is what he called them to do and this is what they're going to do. They trusted and obeyed whether they experienced that peace. And for many may not have experienced that peace until they actually stepped into the water. May not have experienced that peace until they actually went there. And did it, and then the peace came. In a sense, why would God give us peace while we're just sitting there? Well, I'm just trying to make a decision and wait until I get a peace. If you're just sitting there waiting to get a peace, and God's like, well, if I give you peace, you're just going to continue to sit there. How about I make it so that you don't feel at peace right now until you actually get up and move and do my will and what I've called you to do, to go. Don't just sit there. We're not going to experience peace about God's will if we don't like where God is directing us. You can't experience peace if we're fighting God about his will for our life. You can keep looking for it all you want, but until we surrender and submit to his will. I know that many look for 
these amazing things that can happen, handwritings in the sky, a note from God, you know, oh, if God could just give me a note or a letter or, or even, oh, wait a minute. Don't we have one of those already? Like a number of letters? Don't we have a book? In a sense, this is God's basic instructions before leaving earth, right? The Bible, His Word. We check with God. Go to His Word. The revealed will of God is right here. As we go into His presence and pray and ask Him, we seek in His Word. In verse 15, in James, it said, If it's God's will... That's not hard. If it's God's will, it's not something he wants secret or kept made hard for us to understand. In fact, he has given us his will right here. And I would say 97% of God's will for our life is right here in the word. Probably is 100%, but, you know, I don't get it all. So let's just say 97% of God's will for your life today and tomorrow and the next day and the next year has already been revealed here in the Word of God, and yet we spend 87% of our time trying to figure out and brain power and oh, struggling with 87% of our, our, our time and our effort is spent on the 3% that we just can't seem to find in His Word, can't seem to figure out. Can you imagine what would happen if our lives if we spent a 87% of our time and effort and understood and followed the 97% that's already here. If we were already walking with God every step of the way, it's not hard to know what the next step is. But if we're not walking with God, except when we're just not sure where to go, and we've already so many steps out, it becomes harder to, which way is this will, what's going? It's not hard when I know this is where God wants me. This is the center of his will right here. And so, it's not hard. I only got a few steps here. Only, only so many steps I can take. This is God's will. Now I'm in the center of His will today. And tomorrow I'll be in the center of His will when that day comes. Versus standing up here and trying to say, I don't know where God, I'm not sure whether God wants me there or over there. And what am I going to do? How about if I just walk with him today? Following what he already has told me. Then when that comes over there, I'll be in the right place. I'll be ready for where God wants me. How much of what we already know we're not doing of his will in fact, that's verse 17. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. We often use that verse with a lot of different contexts. It has application. You don't know what to do. You know what you should be doing. You don't do it. That's sin. But this is in relationship to God's will even. That's what the context of this is. Anyone who knows the good he should be doing, what God wants of you to be doing this day, right now, and you don't do it, that's sin. We can find God's will through God's wisdom that he's already given to us. Just need to look. Although I will put this in. Occasionally you'll have somebody that, that is kind of 
uh, it's obviously going their own way and you talk to them about, well, here's what God's word says and uh, what God, you know, well, I'm not sure what God wants. Well, here's what God's word says. And, and they say, well, yeah, that, I hear what you're saying. You know what? I, I just need to pray about it. No, you don't. You don't need to pray about what God's already said. It's not going to change. There are some things, just do it. You know, I'm not exactly sure what God's will is. You just read it. You see it here. You know what God said His will is for you. You don't need any more praying. You don't need any more digging throughout the Word of God. You've already heard it. Just do it. We can find God's will through God's wisdom, but we also can find God's will through God's way. Through God's way. If we're planning ahead, if planning ahead is not wrong, if we're saying that this whole thing in verse 13, why is there a problem? If, if it's the Lord's will, then we can live and do this and that. Well, then what's the problem here? Why, why is this passage even talking about this in verse 16? As it is, you boast and brag and all such boasting is evil. As it is, you're talking about what you're going to do tomorrow, what you're going to do today, what you're going to do. You're talking about that, and you've not even considered what God wants. You've not asked. You've not sought. It, you, you're not even thinking that that's something that you need to even think about. We, we re- have self-reliance and self-sufficiency and self-centeredness and arrogance and a pride showing confidence in our own knowledge about what we should do or what we want to do, our own abilities. And we remove God from his rightful place, sitting on the throne, making all the decisions in our life. We've still got God there. We make the decisions and we kind of tell him about them. Or maybe we run them by him. Who's on the throne? God's will through God's way. Not just to have God in mind, but to have God's mind about all this. Submitting every move we make. Not my will, but yours. Surrendering. Not just to God's will, but his way of doing it. Period. Surrendering. And in fact, even being less concerned about what is God's will for my life specifically today. And just what is God's will, period. Not just me. What is God's will for all of us? What is already revealed? What is it we already know? This is what God wants. And to join him in that. Uh, Let's be clear. Sometimes we don't hear what God's will is in part because we, we don't wait for it but also because we don't answer his question first. It's kind of like, God, tell me what you want. Well, guess what? He asked you a question first. And that is, will you obey whatever I say? Will you obey whatever I say? No ifs, ands, or buts. No, hey, let me hear it first and then I'll decide. When you say, not my will but yours be done, that is submitting to God's plan before we ever hear it. It is writing God a blank check and signing it and saying, God, I don't care whatever costs, whatever you put in there, 
whatever you ask, whatever the cost is, I'm yours. I will do whatever it is because I trust you. Why should God reveal anything specific for us in our life if every time we tell him, he tells us, he says, we say to him, hey, uh, let, me just, let me just think about that for a little bit. But thanks for running your plan by me, God. Why should God reveal his will to us if we're not willing to walk his way? We can fool ourselves into thinking that we are, but it's more about God walking our way. Praying for God to help me in all these things I've got to do today. And it's really about God helping me, not me helping God. It's about God blessing our plans and helping us to do what we've already decided to do. And then getting ticked off when our plans don't work out, when everything falls flat. And we say, God, I even prayed. How come this didn't work out? I even prayed about it. Why are you doing this to me, God? To which his question is, why are you even doing that? You didn't even ask me. You told me what you're going to do, but this is important. Doing his will is important. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Matthew 7, 21, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. This is what is important. How many of us don't know what God's will is because we don't ask? In part because we're afraid if we ask that he might completely change our plans. Like even as we walk out of here today, what is God's will? What does he want? Versus what do we want to do? What is our plan? What have we always done? What, what is it that he wants? Are we even, well... You know, I had a plan of just going and sitting on the couch today and doing nothing and taking my Sabbath nap and I don't know whatever they call those things. And I'm going to do, you know, I'm not saying that any of those things are wrong. Okay, don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is, are we living and moving and having our being in Christ? Every move that we make, are we being led? In that next step by Him, are we following God's will, God's way of doing it? His will, that, that uh, the thing I read right as we began the service, His will at the very end of this verse 2 here in Romans 12, is good, pleasing, and perfect. We don't have to be scared of that He's going to ask you to do something huge. He might. But it will be good, pleasing, and perfect. It really will. We can trust him. We, we don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen in the future because he holds the future as long as we let him. You know, I, I think about this as an example in my, uh, in my own life. Uh, think about when I first came to know Christ and my desire was, uh, uh, it was at the end of high school and I was on fire and ready to just, I was just ready to head off to Bible college and go into full-time ministry. Now, understand, I, I didn't come in and grew up in an evangelical home. We didn't even know what Bible college was. So for me to even say that was a big deal. I, I didn't know what that, that was about, but that's what I want to do. But that wasn't God's revealed will for me at that time. 
Not right that moment. He had not given me a specific call. And so I went off on the path that he had me. His will for me in that moment. And then went off to a secular college, which itself was a, a journey of amazing twists and turns. And how God was there in each step showing himself in some uh, just amazing ways, learning things there. Uh, as well as getting a degree in social work, then getting a job lined up in children's services afterwards. At the very end of, of, of college, at the, really towards the very end, there was a Christian concert. Yes, on that campus, there was a Christian concert. And in that moment, in that time, God put the very specific call, or put a call for full-time ministry on my life. At the end of the college thing. And you think, okay, well, then that's when you went off and did the pastor thing. No. That was God's will. I knew God's Not that I fully understand about the whole pastor thing, but I knew God's will. But I still had to go God's way. And God's way right then and there, again, was clear to continue on the path that I was on. As I went off into children's services and served there, Learned, I uh, continued to try to on, on the side learn about more and more about God, but just working through that uh, time. Things that, whether through that and social work or just uh, through the children's services, things that I learned or that God showed me that uh, most Bible college students never, ever, especially if they grew up in a Christian home, would have any clue about preparing me for what was ahead. I didn't see that, I didn't understand that, didn't know that. In fact, it really wasn't until being there for a little bit at that work where you were not just giving people a fish, but teaching them how to fish, you know, that whole phrase we talk about, and really more than teaching them how to fish. Really helping people out and to get their, their life, getting their life together, not me, but them getting their life together. And then uh, within a year, the majority of them would end up right back where they were before. It's like, didn't do anything. And it's in that that God revealed to me not only a truth, but a burden of my life even yet today. That you don't learn anyplace else. Because it wasn't just a fact, it was something more than that. He says that you can't change a person unless you change their heart. And only Jesus can change the heart. And it's in that time that I recognized and I, you know, I didn't grow up in this Christian home. I didn't go to Bible college. I needed to learn more and went off to seminary, got a master's divinity. And in that, lots of experience with that and working with churches uh, to then into the pastoral ministry. But it wasn't, it wasn't just about what God's will, it was about God's way. And as I think through this, the different turns and paths uh, that, that went, uh, just think with a couple of lessons here. One, God wants to make his will clear to us each and every step of the way. And he has. Sometimes in some very dramatic and adventuresome ways. Sometimes in just 
making it clear this is the path. Walk ye in it. Turn not to the right or to the left. But God wants to make his will clear to us each step. And here's the other thing. That along this road to his will, there may be a lot of twists and turns. Things that may not make sense in the way to go. But God will not waste your journey with him. Not one step will be wasted. All of it will be brought together and used to where he is taking you. It's there. We may think we know a better way when you say, well, this is what God's will for me. And so I know that I can just, that's where it's God. So I'm just going to make a straight path and just go that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's maybe God's will. You might have that right. But God's way is to go here, 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 here. And then you get there. But you trust him for this step. That's why each step, walking God's will. And to do that, the very best way we can do that is draw near to God. The nearer we are, the clearer his will becomes. The nearer we are, the clearer the will of God becomes. God reveals and shows. He did that to Paul. Uh, Look at this passage in Acts chapter 16. Paul and his companions travel throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came by the border of Mysia, uh, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. Twice we see they were kept by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would not allow them. And we say, well, okay, I, I hear that, I get that. No, do, you, do we really get it? They were out trying to reach, turn the world right side up. They wanted to go to minister to these people, to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus. There's nothing wrong. That is part of God's will. That's what God wants for everyone in the world to know. And they wanted to do that, and they tried to head in that direction, but it became very clear. They, God... Even though it may have been his will, this was not his way of going about doing that. In that moment, in fact, we read as we read on in that same passage, but they passed by Mesha and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. God wants to lead us if we're willing to follow, to seek his wisdom and to seek his way of going about doing that. To draw near to him, it becomes clear, clearer and clearer. We want to know his will more. We need to know him more. Are we hanging around close enough to Jesus that we know his voice? We will hear his voice saying, turn left, turn right. You know, most of you here, if I turned off the microphone, all that would mess everybody else that's watching. So if I turned my mic off, uh, many of you here would hear me. 
of what I'm saying. Some of you, though, like me, would be like, I've got to turn my hearing aid up. I'm, not, I'm hearing the speech, but I'm not really clear on everything you're saying. So we'd want to get closer. But if you walked outside and I'm still talking to you, pretty sure you're going to miss most of it, right? It matters. Sometimes we're so, I don't know what God's will is. I don't know what God's will is. Just focus on knowing God. And begin to know his will. You get close enough to hear his heartbeat, you will know what his heartbeat's for. Get close enough that you can hear that still, small voice of God directing you, even if it's just the next step. Which may mean the next step may just be keep straight where you're at. There's a turn coming. You know, a a biblical prayer that we could pray here is in Psalm 143, verse 10. I ask that the worship team would come on up. This, as we look at this, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Probably a passage most of us have never remember seeing. I'm sure we've read it, but we may not recognize this. It's a good prayer. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. For us to pray, Lord, lead me. Lead me every step of the way. What do you want for me today? Move me. You know, sometimes uh, I, I believe that God not only just will show me. And like a, a point, here's where you need to go. But I think sometimes he just moves me. Without sometimes me fully realizing what he's doing. And suddenly there I am. Lord. By your spirit, help me to do your specific will. Bring divine appointments and directions and your power to accomplish it. May we make a decision in our hearts and minds today that we are going to seek God's will and to know that he wants to give it to us. Just for this moment, even in this day, his will matters. He's given us wisdom and he's given us a way to go about that. Lord, move, move us, move in us, commitment to do your will, because you are God.